So good evening, everybody. Um, one more time, this is the Value Nigeria podcast. Um, we've been running for a little over two years now. And um, what we try to do is to bring financial education, help the retail investor um, improve their investing practice and hopefully um, improve their profitability even in the Nigerian market. Uh, it's been our tradition that week on week, we try to bring in guests um, who share from their knowledge, share from their experience in a bit to help you, the listeners, the retail investors. And this week is not any different. Um, it, well, it's a little different, and that's just because my guest on the show today is not the traditional kind of um, um, finance investor that we've had um, over the years. Um, my guest today is a venture capitalist. So he's a VC, but he's had his roots even through traditional finance as we'll get to see um my guest is well grounded even in traditional finance having worked as uh, a research and investment analyst uh, in various firms including afroinvest west africa which he spent a good number of years uh, following that he moved on into um, venture capital and um, angel investing and we'll get to hear his take on what that journey and what that has been like um, for his educational background, my guest has his first degree even from the Taishulari University of Education um, and beyond that he's done a lot of other professional certifications and I'll just let him shed more light on that uh, by himself. Um, it's a great pleasure and a single privilege even to have Mr. Fisayo Durojai even as my guest on the show this evening. So good evening, sir. Um, you can introduce yourself to the listeners of the podcast, sir. Okay, good evening. Good evening, everyone. Uh, it's it's a pleasure to be here. My background is not traditional, so nothing about me is, is traditional and to a large extent. So I studied English language and literature uh, undergrad. Uh, and then, of course, I fell in love with finance, you know, studying English language. I mean, it's a long story. Uh, I got to English, English language in the first place. It's a long story. But... Essentially, I studied English language and literature, but while studying English language and literature, I fell in love with finance. And how did I fall in love with finance? It was simple because I wanted to listen to business news. You know, if you remember, I mean, I'm sure you spoke about your Robert, all of those people. Uh, when you listen to business news, it doesn't make sense. Traditionally, think about it. All share index rose by two basis points. What, what does that mean? Market capitalization was up by 5%. Top gainers are these, top losers are that. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense to anyone that doesn't understand exactly what they're talking about. So each time I listen to news, I, uh, of course, compare that with, you know, DSS just arrested uh, CBN governor. I mean, that's simple, clear, English. Everyone can understand that. So when I listen to news back in the days, by the time it got to business news, it, it doesn't make sense to me again. So... I just wanted to understand it a bit more. So I didn't plan to be in finance. I just wanted to understand business news. Like, okay, let me be able to follow what these people are saying. So what I would do is that every, you know, every night when I listen to business news, either on channels or AIT, you know, LTV, I mean, those are the stations we have back in the days, right? You know, that was not Rice TV, unfortunately. You know, so would, you know, I would then, okay, market capitalization, I'll Google it. What does market capitalization mean? Then it's like, oh, okay, it's the summation of all the shares and their prices. Oh, all the shares times their price. Oh, okay, that's what it means. Okay, what shares? You know, so I started researching into what shares, what's listing, 
what you know what are they getting what are they losing all of that so i found out that it was more interesting than english that i was studying so i tell myself that i got caught you know uh into finance by just doing that so by the time i i, I got into that fully i found out that uh i didn't want to do english again i didn't want to you know i didn't want to to study english again so i had to make a tough choice to say okay do i drop out i'm gonna restart you know uh with economics or do i finish again i was already in maybe 300 level by that you know uh do i finish and then try and find my way into finance somehow so which is what i did so i finished off went to serve and then try to find my way into finance of course that's also a tough tough journey in itself because again no one will recruit someone that studied english language and literature uh in any investment bank but again yeah so found my way there somehow 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 and i'm here today i guess just to cut the long story short and very short <laughs> thank, you, thank you very much for giving us the tip of the iceberg into your story how about on a personal note do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself personally family background and what growing up was like for you uh well i grew up i'm the third in a family of four right so i have two other brothers and a younger sister uh and they're all you know yeah doing well for themselves you know living in different places around the world right so i lived in Nigeria days. i didn't live, i didn't live in lagos i lived in Nigeria days. uh my parents you know worked at night my mom is a lecturer you know again lecturer one of the reasons i studied english language and literature so you can start connecting the dots there right uh and of course there are different things uh you know in there as well so yeah that's that's the that's the story there it's good to meet you thank you very much i, I remember reaching out to you um via linkedin and your response was prompt and uh, we've had a very cordial relationship thank you very much for the support so far sir not a problem um now you started your career in core traditional finance, working as an investment and research analyst in various firms. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't just touch you didn't just touch the hem of the garment of finance. You really dipped your feet. You spent almost a decade even in core finance. Uh, what were the what were the greatest lessons that you took out of traditional finance when you eventually left? Uh, so what's traditional finance? Well, I worked in investment banking, so. <laughs> Okay, so let me let me just complete the story because I think it gives the, the, the context. So again, like I said, I started in Chinese literature, uh, and then of course I wanted to work in finance. So uh, what I did was that I I was more like a finance enthusiast. So when I, by the time I finished and I met someone that was leaving, uh, you know, our own role as as the head of research uh, at a firm that was starting up our own advisory business. And then she didn't have money. She just wanted someone to support her. So, and of course, she talked to me. I mean, I talked to her. And I started talking, talking about the market, talking about, you know, finance, talking about many things, right? So in talking to her, she then asked me like, ah, that where did I study economics from? And I laughed like, ah, economics, that was, you know, uh, where did I study economics from? I studied English language and literature, right? So I didn't study economics anywhere. So that was, you know, that was how the conversation started. And of course, she recruited me. Uh, started working with her directly. I said I worked with her directly for uh, over a year. Uh, you know, of course, you know, she didn't have money at the time. You know, business wasn't going as fast. But again, I was learning as much as possible. So I was learning on the job. So I learned to build financial model. I learned to use Excel. I learned to use many things on that road, even though I wasn't being paid for it. I mean, again, the idea wasn't that I should, I wouldn't be paid. The idea was that. You know, we are going to make money, but of course, you know, projections and reality 
turn out to be different, right? So we, we, we didn't make as much. So it means that there's no money to pay me, you know, <laughs> as it were. So we did that for, I did that for over a year uh, before I got a job at Afroinvest, you know, at the time when I joined. So, uh, you know, I remember the story of Afroinvest as well. You know, it was, it was, you know, like how do you recruit someone that studied English language and literature to work in in in, in the fast paced investment banking uh, space, right? So again, it was there are different stories there. So I guess the biggest lesson that I learned there was that, uh, I mean, from a personal level, right? Uh, first is that uh, finances is, is simple. It's not hard. It's not as hard as people make it, right? So you can learn it again. If I studied English language and literature, and I'm doing finance today, so it's not as hard as people have, uh, might have thought about it. Right, that's number one. And then number two is that a lot of times I found out that financial advisors don't take their own advice. So, for instance, uh, you know, we tell people to buy shares, to sell shares, to do this, to position in the market. A lot of times we see those things, and many of us don't even buy the things that we are telling other people to buy. Not because you know, not because we don't believe in what we are saying, but because we have the ex- 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 you know exactly the same realities as everyone. We have to pay school fees, we have to pay our friends, you know, there's real money to buy these things that we're talking about, right? <laughs> so, so that's, I found a vast majority of people that are, you know, that are financial advisors that, you know, that, that know more about the market don't necessarily put a lot of their, asset, uh, their money in their asset class themselves, right? I mean, of course, some of them do, but not many of them, you know, that do that. And I think that is bad, right? And then of course, finally, is that, uh, from an investment banking perspective, I found out that while you know it might be great to be technically sound, you know you can build the, the best model, you can do the valuation. These things are not done that way. These are done based on negotiation. You can build your model and we'll throw everything away and it's okay. You come to me, let's fight. You know, let's discuss this man to man, and then we agree a price. You know, you know. So and that's how deals are done everywhere in the world. So. The financial models and the so you don't get hung up in the financial models or in the valuation that you've done, right? Uh, they're just basis for negotiation, not necessarily that that's the that's what cast us. So, I guess that that that's what I think. Uh, uh, for the last three, I mean, few years I've been here. Perfect, perfect. Thank you very much, sir. Um, fr- from the from the story you shared, I would just like to highlight or draw out a few points, even for the retail investors listening. And the first is that sacrifice is um, very important sometimes. Um, look at the amount of years you put in or look at the time you put in with little or no pay. And eventually that led to other opportunities down the line. So I believe that was that was worth it. Um, even It's worth it to at least get your foot through the door to get yourself into the industry. And that was really, really helpful. For, so, for someone yeah. listening... Um, it might be helpful to take up an internship. It might be helpful to take a pay cut to pursue your dreams. It's I, I can yep. assure you that it's worth it in the end. And the, the second thing I'm going to say is that from the from the point you raised last, which is that I think personal finance, the principles of personal finance actually trumps trumps investing. You can do all the research, you can do everything, you can know the undervalued companies, but once your personal finances isn't in line and you don't have any funds to invest, then um, except you have, you know, except you are investing funds for other people, that's the only way you can make headway. So you're, we should definitely never ignore our personal finances. Do you want to say anything to that before we move on? Sir? No, no, no. It's fine. That's that's correct because again, uh, like I said, it's 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 true, right? Uh, personal finance. I mean, personal finance. There's research that says that bankers have the worst credit. Right, so uh, for for 
of, of many professionals. Bankers themselves are probably one of the worst credit. I, I know people that won't lend money to bankers. Right. So uh, personal finance and your knowledge are two different things. You have to take, you have to ensure that, you know, as much as possible, you pay attention to your personal finance. And so people always think that, you know, because you know about the market, you understand personal finance a lot, but it's not true. Right. Uh, you know what to buy, you know what to sell, but again, you don't know, you might not know how to manage your own personal money because again, you're any salaries, you have other things you are dealing with. So uh, if you don't learn or someone puts you through, you probably won't get involved at all yourself personally. So I guess, yeah, that's, that's, that's the summary. Perfect, perfect. And then if there's any investment banker or any banker listening, you're not alone. Uh, people have always said that doctors and nurses are the worst kind of patients to have. Um, they, they, they can offer care, but when it's time for them to receive care, they are very, very terrible at that. So we'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on. Um, the, the next thing I would like to, the next part of your background that I would just like to explore a little bit is um, how you're able to venture, how you're able to digress from core finance, quote and unquote, even into venture capital. Mm-hmm. And um, what prompted this switch? And then how different do you see the field of venture capital, even from traditional finance? Ah, okay, that's another long story. So uh, I would try and cut it short as well. So again, when I, I was in IB uh, for, I was in CEO Partners for about two years, and I was in uh, Africa Invest for four years. Uh, I joined in March, I left in in February, four years after. That's exactly four years. That's why that's, I was having to invest for. Uh, and of course, nobody was testing me. I was progressing properly. I was, you know, I was chief of staff to the CEO. I was technical assistant. I was in, I, so I was doing a lot, right? They loved me there, right? But uh, at some point, I had, to, I had to, I was reflecting on 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 my life, what I've done over the last four years. I've done deals. I made money, right? But I, was, I thought I was much more uh, to my life than that. I wanted I wanted to get more in on the action, you know, uh, and I explain what that means. So it means that, you know, I don't want to sit down on, 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 in front of my laptop and for hours, building models, you know, doing pitch decks, doing PowerPoint presentation, doing all that, and then getting the deals done and then making my money. So I guess the deal that broke came over for me was the sale of Main Street Bank. Uh, again, I was said this thing publicly in, in a long time, was the sale of Main Street Bank. So we are advisors on that deal uh, alongside Barclays. Well, yeah, Barclays, Nigeria, which is, uh, I can't remember the they were called uh, at the time. They're not called Barclays. It was some South African business. Anyways, so we did the deal together. We sold the business. Of course, we made money for Amcon because we were advisors to Amcon at the time. And of course, Sky Bank was the one that bought the bank. Uh, but of course, you know what happened to Sky Bank afterwards, right? So uh, Sky Bank had some liquidity crises, died, and of course, became Polaris Bank eventually. So but of course, for me, we've made money, we've made our dollars, we've shared bonus, we've moved on, right? Uh, you know, we're, we're chopping life, as it were, right? So uh, at that point, like that deal highlighted what my problem was, you know, uh, because I wanted to be more than just do a deal and walk away. I wanted to get in on the action. So I thought that I wanted to leave IB so that I can go into it. At the time, it was only private equity that I had options of. Private equity because there was no VC as it were at the time, right? I mean, VC was still in its infancy, really, really, really early stage uh, at its infancy then. So I wanted to do more, uh, you know, private equity type so so that I build the model, then I invest in a company and ensure that the company I work with the company to implement and make the revenue that I said they are going to make and cut the cost. Where I said they are going to cut the cost 
and be profitable the year that it's going to be profitable. But I wanted to get in on the action. So that's what I wanted to do. But of course, I wasn't getting a PE job at the time. But then, you know, DC was getting, you know, some attention. And of course, as I was hearing, you know, things that were shocking to me, you know, valuations in VC and comparing that with IEP. So I started writing about that. So I started writing, I wrote about four, three, four articles before I even jumped. Like, okay, this VC, I don't know what they are, what they are doing there, but it doesn't make sense. Right. So I started writing about those things, you know, that I thought were just observations that I had at the time. Uh, and of course, then somehow I got, you know, I saw a firm called Echo VC. I, I, did, I didn't know they were recruiting, so I just sent my CV there, you know, and then they called me for an interview. And then I passed the interview and I joined. So that's how I joined. But again, I started writing about technology space, about tech and valuations and the things I observed, you know, while I was still at IB at the time. I was also been going on radio, you know, to talk about tech with Rotus, you know, Tech Friday, you know, to, because I started researching into that field for a long time. So I started going to Rotus, talking about tech, and all of the all of the issues around that as well. So, and that was that was a good experience as well. So, so yeah, uh, that was how I got into into VC in the first place. And of course, when I got into VC, I found out that that's what I actually wanted to do because number one, it allows me uh, to keep my finance edge, so I don't get rusty. So I still build models. I still, you know, well, not as much as IB, but again, I still do lightweight models uh, as a VC, but. The biggest thing I wanted was that I invested in early stage companies and of course support the founders to to build a very big business based on the things we see in the market. And I think that was that was that was uh, you know exciting for me. Perfect, perfect. Now for somebody listening, you you've mentioned IB a couple of times. I just want to say IB is investment banking for anybody who who has been wondering. The next question is that somebody, a retail investor listening, maybe nursing the dreams or nursing the ambitions of hoping to transition or start investing into early stage companies or, you know, VC firms or angel investing, that kind of um, line of investing. Mm -hmm. What were the barriers or what are the barriers that um, such a person will face? I, I can assume that one of them will be, you know, not knowing where the opportunities are, not having enough capital to invest. Yeah. So do you mind just elucidating a little bit more about the barriers to entry into that, into the world of VCs kind of? So is that an investor or as, 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 a, as, as an, an employee at the VC firm? As an investor, as an investor. Oh, okay. If you have your money, right? Assuming you have your money, there are different ways to think about it, right? You can be an LP. Uh, LP is a limited partner. Uh, at the VC fund, meaning that you give you give your money to, uh, to a VC fund to an investor to, to invest for you. Of course, they will charge you management fees, and of course, when they make money, they return stuff up to you. So that's one way to think about it. The other way is to be a part of our angel network. So there are different angel networks in in, in Nigeria. So Lagos Angel uh, Angel Network Land. There is Africa Business Angel Network. That you know, if you're female, there's Rising Tide. You know, uh, Rising Tide uh, is also an angel network for of female, you know, established female uh, professionals and people that have financial. So you, so you do deals together rather than try to do it alone uh, for them. So I think the first thing you need to do is that join an angel network so that you can have access to deal flow from that from that network. And then you learn how deals are done. Uh, of course, you lose money. I mean, again, be prepared to lose money. That's an important part of this thing. And a lot of it, Right, uh, because the way VCs work is that you know you probably make ten investments. You just it's only one you need to to be successful so that you can make money. But right? so you probably lose a lot of money in in first before you make anything. 
right? And that's an important part uh, of the whole work as well. So, uh, but I think the best way to do it is to join an Asia network, you know, and invest alongside small money, $2,000, $5,000, $10,000, right? The amount based on the conviction you have on a particular deal. And of course, you're able to move on from there. Perfect, perfect. I'll come back to the angel networks, like practically how to join. But I'll come back to that at the possibly at the end of our conversation. Now, looking at traditional finance or looking at investment banking and retail investing, most times we calculate the net present value of future cash flows, this one, that one, to achieve, you know, try to get an intrinsic value and all. So there's a logical, mathematical quote and unquote way to approach traditional finance however we with regards mm-hmm. to um, vc or venture capital many of all these companies are early stage many of them is just the credibility of the founder how do you determine at use uh, at the vc level which ideas are viable which ideas to invest in just because you don't have that luxury of um, a huge cash flow certainty of cash flow in vc deals uh, yeah, so there are different ways to there are different ways to think about investing in early stage in the early stage. So okay, so there are different stages in early stage. So there's what we call pre seed stage, right? Before seed, you know, then there is seed stage, then there is series A, series B, series C. I mean there are different ways. Of course anybody can call any round anything, right? So it's not like there's a there's a scientific way of determining whether or not. But again, there is common sense way of thinking about it. So uh, before maybe at least in Nigeria or in Africa, so maybe your pre-seed round is maybe a 200k round, 500k round, you know, just small money so that you can test out a bit more, build a bit a little more. And of course, your seed stage can be maybe a two million dollar round or one point something million dollar raise, or maybe three million dollar raise, right? Again, depending on the kind of company and the, of the kind of capital you need. Of course, then you start building on from there, from you know, to get to get a series A. Uh, but one thing I found out is that at least from a Nigerian perspective, right? Uh, people talk about ideas a lot, uh, but I found out that many people have stopped investing in ideas, uh, even at the pre-seed stage. So they want to see something, that you build something, uh, and then you're willing to you're willing to back that up. You see, uh, the only people that I think can raise money for an idea, there are a few of them. Maybe Shola of Paystack, right, can raise money for an idea because has proven himself to be a great entrepreneur. Uh, not many people can. I mean, that's the point. Because uh, uh, many other people cannot raise money for, for you know, of an idea. Because nobody will believe you <laughs> that you can do it, right? But, uh, you know, people want to see that you have skin in the game. You've quit your job. Well, maybe not quit your job. You've, you've put yourself in it. You've built something. You've gotten one or two customers. Ah, okay, then they cannot give you money for pre Right, at least like Niger, that in the US maybe is a different way, but in Africa, that people are a lot more skeptical because ideas are nonsense. You know, it's execution that matters a lot more. And so that's how that's what I've seen uh, that people do. So there's no way. Uh, so we don't value ideas a lot of times. So that's number one. Number two is that uh, at those early stages, how do we do valuation? There's what we call put that plug out of thin hair. Uh, that plug out of thin hair. You just put your hands in your mouth and say one million dollars. You know, and that's it, right? Because there's really nothing, there's no basis for doing an analysis. But this is, there are, are references to this, I'll explain. So for instance, Y Combinator will tell you that I'll give you uh, $150,000 for 7%. There's an implied valuation in there. 
right? Tech starts to tell you that I'll give you another $20,000 for 6%. There's an implied valuation in there already based on that calculation at all. So if you use those, you can then use that as guidance to say, okay, this is what you know early stage VC market should look like depending on the stage of the business. So a lot of times, you know, also, also depending on the amount of money you're trying to raise, you know. So we found out that a lot of times there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a decent range of dilution at every round. So for instance, at the previous state, for every round, you expect between, on an average, you know, think about the curve, right? Uh, it's always going to be between 15 uh, to 25% dilution for vast majority of the businesses, right? Many of them fall between 15 to 20% dilution on every round. So if you raise 200K dollars, it could be 15% dilution. It could be 18% dilution. So again, that is how, that's where everybody's going to, you know, fall in line with, you know, uh, and then we, 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 we pick it up from there. Perfect, perfect. I don't want to go into the mathematics of that, but <laughs> I hope I hope you understand. Like, if you if say you're raising a a if you're raising five hundred k dollars, for instance, and of course the valuation, the, the investors are getting fifteen percent. So the in, the in, or twenty percent, it means that your valuation post money yeah. is you know five hundred times five. That's two point five million dollars yeah. to get. So that that's what it means. Yeah, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Thank thank you very much. Thank you very much, sir. Um, I'm just going to go back to a statement you made earlier. And that was that you quote quotes now uh, be prepared to lose money end of quotes uh, that's mm-hmm. a, a, a yeah. warning for anyone thinking of coming into VC or into the VC world. Now the, the picture that mm-hmm. is painted many times is that you know there is a lot of dizzying amount of money to make in VC. Just put in one thousand dollars, come back in two years time, and you're already at unicorn valuation, and you know you're swimming in dollars um but from what you have just said it shows that it, that might not be truth or it might not be good to take that hook line and sinker do you mind just of course not <laughs> if you don't mind if you want to maybe with using examples um one good experience one bad experience even from the vc world it might, you, you might not name names if you don't want to or it might you might not use your own stories i, I um, whichever way you want yes, to go I can, I can talk. I can talk generally on data points, right? I can talk generally on data points, right? So, uh, how many unicorns are there in Nigeria, for instance? Hmm. Probably like two. Uh, I don't count it as switch. Hmm. I'll say paste. I mean, I'll say further wave. Yeah. Uh, only. Hmm. You see, yeah. maybe OP, and of course, people don't have invest uh, money in OP, but maybe OP. I mean, maybe further wave in loan actually. Has raised a billion dollar valuation. Of course, there is that conversation about cheaper cash being a billion dollars and more. Of course, or cheaper cash is in, 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 they're not by Nigerian founders, right? So I'm not counting them. And of course, over the in recent times, their, their valuation has been cut in half. So they're probably less than a unicorn today. But again, maybe only Flutterway. So you see, or maybe Andela, in addition to that, right? So Flutterway and Andela, again, because are companies that people invested money in, right? Uh, and they're probably unicorns today. Uh, so then compare that to the number of capital that has entered Nigeria's market, right? So you can put in money today and not get anything else. Nobody's getting a unicorn. Only two unicorns in the last, you know, couple of years, in the last 10 years. So you don't come back in space and go and collect unicorn money. No, no, it doesn't happen like that. It doesn't happen like that, right? So, uh, there's no, it, 
you lose you lose more money than you probably make in in the first few years, right? And of course, the fact that someone is a unicorn doesn't mean you've made money. It can be as well be a paper valuation as much as possible until you exit, collect money, and that's why Paystack is a, is a great example because it returns money, right, to their investors. Of course, I know that people have taken the there's, there's something called secondaries, meaning that you are, when they are raising money, they are buying your own shares, which you are exiting as they are raising money. Yes, I get that. So there are many people that are taking secondaries in further way, taking secondaries in 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 money points, taking secondaries in different other businesses, right? meaning that. You know, they've sold their shares at a certain price. Maybe not at a unicorn price, but at $200 million valuation. You came in at $2 million, you sold at $200 million. That's, you know, that's decent return already for you, right? Uh, or you came in at $10 million, you sell at $500 million, you know. You came in at this, you sell at that, you know. That's decent return for you already. But it's not, it's not quite unicorn, you know, uh, as it were uh, for many people. So I think that that's one thing that we need to... Uh, we need to get clear. So, and of course, many people that are putting money in some of these businesses. In fact, I was talking to an investor last year. They invested in three companies just last year. A loan in three companies. How many exits do you think they've had? Maybe six. In all. So the fact that you invest doesn't mean you're going to get money out. Even if the company is doing well, you might not get secondaries, you might not get exit, you might not get money at all. So, and you don't make money until you sell your shares. And that's the only way to make money. You know? Or maybe you have a dividend that they are paying, but of course many startups don't pay dividends, sure. right? So again, so it's not as it's not as simple as you know just just put the money and come back in two years to come and collect the money. You know, it's, it doesn't work like that. Uh, so that said, uh, yeah, that's so that, I think that's the answer to the question you you, you asked. And of course, okay, personal experience, uh, a good one and a bad one. I feel like it's a good one. Uh, it could be great. But it was good. Uh, that was, uh, I think, Fontes Car Group, uh, which we invested in equities at the time. You know, put some money in there. Uh, and of course, we invested the money. The companies that executed properly and of course exited, you know, not at the right time we wanted it to exit, but again, we, we exited anyway. So, and of course, and we made money. Uh, and that was the same return, you know, uh, for me. I, I didn't put up and I was happy. Right. But the other, the other one, uh, I mean, of course, the other ones are disappointing, right? You put the money in a company uh, and you end up perform badly, right? And that's, and that's, that's you know, uh, that's a shame as well. So, again, it's, it's one of those things that you find out in, in, in venture, as it were. So, uh, I, you know, you win some, you lose some every time. That's, that's how the deal is done, right? So, sure. Perfect. Perfect. Um, that's what it is. Thank, thank you very much for sharing. Um, as we begin to kind kind of wind down the conversation. Um, now, for the retail investor who is listening to you, who is encouraged, who wants to hopefully get into the VC world one way or the other, do you have any final words of advice? Um, that's one. And the second, I know you've talked about joining Angel Networks. Maybe that advice might come in the form of practically how, how can one get into that, those Angel Networks? Um, do you want to direct us to how or um, do we need to reach out to someone? Do we need to reach out to any groups or are there any social media handles that we can reach out to? How do we practically get into these angel networks? I mean, it's, it's, if you want to invest, you have to look for opportunities to invest, right? So, uh, so the most thing, like I said, is deal full access to the deals and, you know, and mentorship as it were. 
so that people hold your hand, people that have been invested for a long time, hold your hand and invest alongside this field. You probably won't see the best deals, you know, people that have seen the best deals that people that have been doing it before, that they have name as that credibility. So I feel names I can drop, right? So it means that you can give money to, you can talk to, uh, you know, Voltron Capital, for instance, you know, they invest a lot, they have track record, you know, of investing, uh, of investing in good businesses, pay startups, you know, money points, you know, just the same business everywhere, right? Uh, and they probably collect $5,000 from you. I don't know. You probably have to speak to them, right? Uh, Ultron, and so, like I said, there are angel networks that can be also be very useful uh, in this space. So Rising Tide is a female in angel network. So you can just Google Rising Tide Africa, RTA. you probably find somewhere, uh, you know, uh, to help, you know. And of course, if you see that you see names of their people, you can connect them on LinkedIn and build that out. Uh, Tommy Davies, uh, you know, Africa Business Media Network. There are many people in that space that you can, you know, that you can reach, you know, keep that angel network so that you can invest alongside them, uh, you know, for your deal. So I guess that that's, that's, the, that's the way to do it. But again, it's not capital market. You're not a trader. You're an investor. It's long term, many times for, uh, for, for people. So it's not trading. Not that give them money, to, uh, you invest today and come, and come and sell tomorrow. No. You can invest today and the company shuts down tomorrow. And that's the thing. You know, unfortunately, that's the way it is. Or you invest today and you, have to, you don't see anything until like four years, five years. Because you can't, it's not as liquid as capital markets. So you can invest today, collect money tomorrow. Right? Uh, you know, but the promise of VC is that you, you put in money today, you can make 100 times your money in seven years. As you live up to these expectations in, in Africa, the jury is out on that, but again, that's a promise. Imagine people that put the money in Uber, put in $20,000 in Uber, became, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in, in exit. So that is the promise of venture capital. So not, uh, you gain 20, 100% in year. No, that's, that's, that's what you, that's the kind of return you get on the, on the stock exchange. But in VC, you get outsized return, outsized return. You put in $5K, your $5K showed up in four years time or in 10 years time as, as a as million dollars, that's the kind of return you're going to get. You can't get that in capital markets, right? Because, you know, they're mature companies. You're getting 20% year on year, dividend payout ratio. Yeah, decent, decent return. But if this play, you know, could be, could be very, 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 very successful, you know, and that's, that's, that's the promise uh, uh, that it gives, you know. Uh, again, as you leave that to the promise, the jury is out. But again, that's the promise of, of VC to a large extent. Perfect, perfect. Um, that, that was a very, very sound um, advice that you've put out there. Think long term and um, always be, a, be prepared to lose money if you, if you feel the VC, is, um, the VC world is calling out to you. Um, just before we let you go, sir, I, I know you probably run a podcast or have a YouTube channel or I know you do some financial education yourself. Um, how can listeners listen to your content or learn more from you, sir? Okay, so yeah, I publish most of my videos on, on three platforms, I think, on LinkedIn. So again, I started writing initially, but I just wanted to be, I then moved from writing to be recording as videos. So the things I want to write, I'll just say, you know, because I find that writing is, 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 is a lot more difficult or harder, uh, as it were, right? So not like it's harder, but again, you know, people will consume video content faster than reading a long article, right? So I said to start recording my things as, 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 as videos now. So I, pu- I publish videos on, on LinkedIn, on my LinkedIn, Fisaya Drojaye. Uh, I publish it on Instagram, uh, again, Fisaya Drojaye. And I think on YouTube, yeah, Fisaya Drojaye everywhere. 
right? So I think that that's, that's, that's how you can connect with me. So everywhere is Fisaya Durojaye. Not Oluwa Fisaya, not Ade Fisaya, not anything. Just Fisaya Durojaye. On LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you very, very much for spending uh, the last 40 minutes there about with us. It's been a thoroughly educative conversation. And I know the retail investors are better off even by listening to you speak today. So um, hopefully we'll bring you back at some point uh, to just share one more thing. But that's fine. We appreciate your time today. Sir. Not a problem.